Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. on two and four. You guys got the right beats. I'm all about it. Good morning and welcome, Unity of Farmington Hills. It's so great to have you here with us today. Well, last night was our last trivia game night on Zoom, and I have to say, Dennis and I are no longer champions. It was fun while it lasted. <laughs> Lit, uh, pa Pam. Langdon won, so she gets the honors for until we start it up again if we do. So next month, um, we're going to have an in-person movie night, so stay tuned for news about that. We are having fellowship after service down in the social hall without food or drinks, but next Sunday, we are starting with beverages, so coffee, tea, juice, so please join us if you can. Our next Critical Conversations is tomorrow night at 7 p.m. on Zoom. And Reverend Kelly is challenging all of us to be a part of these conversations of understanding, healing, and love. Everyone is invited, and please invite others to join us. This Wednesday, our 7 p.m. meditation is on Zoom only, and it will be led by Reverend Bonnie Gardner. Next Sunday, May 1st, the women's group is hosting a past life regression in the social hall at 12 p.m. Our presenter will be Phil Rosenbaum, a certified hypnotherapist who has worked with past life regression for 20 years. It is strongly recommended that you read the book, Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Weiss and there will be a $10 love offering. Men are also welcome to join us. Our upcoming Unity Basics class 
will be from May 3rd to June 14th on Tuesdays from 6.30 to 8.30 on Zoom. The book, The Five Unity Principles by Ellen Davenport is required. This class is open to new members and also anyone else interested in studying the Unity Principles. To sign up for the class, email Reverend Kelly at seniorminister at unityfh.com. For more information about our activities, classes, events, please visit our website, unityfh.com. Read through our weekly newsletter, emailed out every Friday, or check out our Facebook page. Starting next month, our prayer chaplains will be making monthly wellness calls to check on and pray with our members. To be added to the call list, please sign up at the table outside the sanctuary or email prayerchaplains at unityfh.com. Prayer requests may also be put in the prayer box outside in the, on the counter or pray, uh, sent also to the prayer chaplains at uni, unityfh.com. So now, as our music team sings, Surely the Presence, let us prepare our hearts and minds for the daily word and opening prayer. everyone. Those of you in person and those of you online, good to see you who are in person and good to be seen by, <laughs> by those of you online. Hopefully you'll come on in and join us. <laughs> and for those of you who do not know me, I am Reverend Kelly Kincaid and I'm so excited to be here with you all this morning, this spring day. It's kind of finally looking a lot like spring. <laughs> Last week we had winter. <laughs> I was blown away by that. So anyway, we're going to move into our daily word. So the daily word for today, Sunday, April 24th, 2022, is gather. We affirm, we gather and magnify the presence of God. I'll say that again. We gather and magnify the presence of God. Let's say that together. We gather and magnify the presence of God. Our message reads, as I gather with others in the spirit of love and peace, my awareness of God's presence becomes more powerful, even palpable. Together we create an energy, a vibration greater than any of us has alone. I am comfortable and at ease when I notice our differing appearances, preferences, backgrounds, and opinions because I am reminded of the limitless diversity of divine expression in my place, uh, and my place in it. When I join in fellowship with my family, friends, and all others who are dear to me, each of us becomes a mirror of the others. We see in one another the divine presence that lives in and expresses as every person. The unifying energy of divine love unites and binds us together. In this love, we are one. And today, our Bible verse comes from Psalm 133, verse 1. How very good and pleasant it is when kindred love, uh, kindred live together in unity. Let us pray. So let us gently close our eyes and take a deep breath. Let your attention float down into the center of your chest. Just let yourself feel the presence of peace.
another deep breath. And drop down deeper into your heart center. Tuning out the day. Focusing on that presence inside. And even if you may not feel it, just let yourself feel peace. Let yourself become still. Let yourself know an expression, a deep expression of love. And there is only one power and one presence that is active in our lives and in the universe. And that is God the good omnipotent. And as we tune into that divinity within, we literally tune into the greatest part of us, which is God. And so God, as we acknowledge your presence within us, we begin to celebrate your presence, not just within us, but within each and every one of us. Within this sanctuary and within the world. We allow our human expression to just be released from the attachment of this world and of what we think we know. And we open up into the spiritual understanding within ourselves, knowing that the Christ in us will bring forth the meaning of today's message, synthesize within us how to use it in our lives. And move and breathe and have its being in us as it guides us in living it in this world. So as we just sit in the stillness just for a little bit, we let you shift our consciousness and prepare our minds and our hearts and our very being to receive your message. And God, even as we move into the next phase of this service, we allow this peace to resonate in us even more deeply. Thanking you for your mighty gift of love that loves no matter what. Lifting this prayer in the mighty name of the Christ within. Thank you, God. And so it is. Amen. Thank you, Nicholas. And now let us affirm our statement of being together. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And let us also affirm our growth affirmation together, knowing that it is working and thanking God that it is. Together, we give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. Thank you for affirming that with me.
it is go inside to find my God I will leave this world as it is go inside to find my God I will leave this world as it telling you we have the baddest band in unity. <laughs> That's what I call some sweet business. <laughs> oh my goodness. There was somebody behind me that needs to be singing up here because I can hear the melody behind me as well. Um, you know, some uh, secret choir singers in our congregation who have some beautiful voices or maybe visitors. <laughs> That's you, Melanie. So our, our congregation will point you out. <laughs> We're tattletales. <laughs> thank you for sharing and coming and being a part of it. And, um, and thank you for being here, Andrew, Andrew, your son, Carson, and Leroy, right? Did you say, um, Leroy, I think I've met you before. I'll talk to you after service. Um, so why did the turtle cross the road? No, we don't know yet. He's still walking. <laughs> right. In or out of his shell. There are some turtles that look for their own shells, look for new shells. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I thought that was so cute. It's kind of corny, but I'm a, the queen of corny jokes because <laughs> they keep me laughing. Howard's like, are you still laughing at that? Yeah, because to me it's funny. When I first met him, I told him, I am the greatest comedian I've ever met. <laughs> See, you're still laughing. 
Oh, my goodness. So today, the last Sunday in April, in um, the unity movement, April represents love. We, in unity, we are actually, <sighs> unity considers ourselves practical expressions of Christianity, which is powerful because a lot of, um, a lot of people will learn different things. They'll learn the Bible. They'll know Scripture, and they'll know it. And they can tell you Scripture left and right, but they're not living it, and you don't see it manifest in their life. And one of the things that is really important, the major thing that is really important besides prayer and unity and the unity movement, which was co-founded by Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, is to live the truth principles that we know, to live the teachings of Jesus Christ. And also, Jesus, um, Charles Fillmore always said, have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And as I've often said, there are different expressions of how Jesus is, is, Jesus is referred to in the Bible. You hear him referred to as Jesus. And that's when he's walking around doing normal things. They're saying Jesus walked here, Jesus did that, or Jesus did this. And that is the personality of Jesus that's being expressed. And then you hear Christ, that the Christ is in Christ. And that is the divine idea, the divine expression, the divine man or woman inside of us, that divinity within us. And then you'll hear it express Jesus Christ, which represents in us spiritually when we begin to tune into that divinity within ourselves, like it catches our attention, like we go inside and we pay attention to it, like we let it resonate within the deep recesses of our mind. Like we tune into who we are and whose we are and the expression of letting it move and breathe and have its being in us. And we move into the consciousness of letting it all resonate, resonate deeply inside of us until we get guided by that presence that is the divinity in us. And when we're guided by that presence, that is when we are the expression of Christ Jesus. So have this mind in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, letting the Christ guide us. And that is what we are here to do, is let the Christ guide us. And the 12 disciples represent the 12 physical, the spiritual faculties of our consciousness that help us to guide and move into a consciousness of Christ. And what we do in unity is we line up each one of those disciples with one of the months in the 12 months of the year. And so in February, I mean, uh, January for us represents... Peter, which was the first disciple, and that's faith. And then we've also gone through Peter's brother, which represents February, and that's strength, Andrew. And then in March, we discussed wisdom, which represents the disciple James, son of Zebedee. And so this month, the month of, February, of April, represents John's, uh, James's brother, John, son of Zebedee. So James and John, Jesus called <clears throat> the sons of thunder. And there's a deepness because each part of our body, there's different parts of our body that represent the faculties as well. So in the brain, the, in, the, in the center of the brain where your uh, faith faculty is, and then in the, in the loins is where your strength faculty is, which is Andrew. They're connected by a a group of, of nerves that go up the spine and into the brain. So there's not just a physiological, con uh, biological connection between the disciples, Peter and Andrew, which are brothers. There's a physiological ex uh, connection in your body. And then James, who represents your wisdom, your discernment, your power to judge, not judging by condemning, but judging through the power of discernment, leaning into the truth of the situation and seeing what's going on in the truth of the situation and learning to live and move and have your be be being by seeing through the infrared eyes of spirit. It's in the back of the gut. Do you know you have two brains? You have a gut brain, which is your intuition, and you have your brain in your head. When you were conceived, there were two clumps of cells that were created, and, and, and those cells were connected through a vagus nerve, and that nerve goes up your spine. It connects the clump of nerves, nerves in, the, in this gut, which is called the intrinsic ner enteric nervous system, and it's connected into the brain. Did you know that your true brain, the true part that guides you, is in your gut? That's why doctors nowadays are telling you to flush out your gut, to clear your gut. Because that is the true guidance system is right behind the back of the gut. Did you know that? 
And so the beautiful thing is Jane, uh, John, which represents your love, which is represented for unity in the month of April, is right in the heart, the back of the heart. They're connected in the solar plexus of the soul man, the soul consciousness. They're connected so that when you're aligned in your heart, you ever had a stomachache, you end up having a headache? Or you have a headache, you end up getting a stomachache? You have a migraine, you have a, my mother used to have migraines all the time, and she'd have headaches with it. Because the truth is, your gut is what dominates your brain. It sends receptors up to your brain. You can be in a situation, and you will know from your gut. You ever heard, I should have followed my gut? It's the truth. There's been a lot of research on it. It's the truth. But the heart is so powerful. The heart has this magnetic force to it. The heart has this vibration to it. When you are actually living in the expression of your heart, there's these what they call um, good-feeling hormones that are oxytocin that's pumped out into your bloodstream. It expands and makes your veins and your arteries flexible. It expands your heart, which is powerful because then you bring in more oxygen when you're breathing and the blood comes in through the flow of the, uh, the oxygen comes in through the flow of your bloodstreams and then it's flowed in and out of your, your um, heart. But when your heart is cut off, you cut off the flow. Did you know that your heart rate, uh, I mean your breathing can slow down your heart rate. That if you slow down your breathing and tune into your heart in a state of love and peace and stillness, that you can lower your heart rate. And I know that, <laughs> I know that to be so. Because a couple years ago when we first went into the COVID, I guess it was 2020, I, I, I was having, I thought I had COVID because I couldn't breathe and everything. And I said, okay, could be that or bronchitis because it was, coughing and stuff too. So my doctor had me take my blood pressure. We, you know you do those visits on Zoom kind of thing. She had me take my blood pressure, my temperature and all that. I didn't have a fever and my blood pressure. Now I don't know what a normal blood pressure looks like. Mine was 120 or something over something. I was like, that's too high. I didn't know that it wasn't too high. So I sat and quieted myself down, lowered my breathing and got it down a little low. It's 110 over something. I quieted myself, got a little lower. So I was proud of myself when I told her, I don't remember what it was, my heart rate. She was like, what? I said, yeah, I calmed myself down. She said, don't do that again, you're too low. <laughs> You'll kill yourself. <laughs> Seriously, I brought my, I, I, you know, I know you can lower your, breath, your heart rate by slowing down your breathing, and I did. It is all connected. It is all connected connected. So if you have the power to slow down your heart rate, imagine what else you have the power to do within yourself if you center in the vibration of love. Imagine the power that you can send out because we have an electromagnetic field within us that is a heart-mind co cohesiveness. And when your, heart, your mind is aligned with your heart, and your heart is aligned with love. And let, we're going to get into that a little deeper. And, and, you, and you are one. They're one in harmony. There's this strength that goes inside of you. And your vibration is so high that no illness can settle inside of you. You're not on the frequency. You're on a spiritual frequency. Illness settles in when you're on a lower frequency and you dwell there. We can pass through it. The Bible says this too shall pass. So we're meant to pass through the emotions, not dwell there. Did you know that you are created as love? If you're created in the image and likeness of God and, God, and the Bible says that God is love, then what are you? Love. But you're made in the image and the likeness of it. So you're not meant to just be the image of it. You are meant to show up as the likeness of it. That every single thing you touch every single thought you think, every single thing you do is meant to be touched and blessed with the consciousness of love. But do we walk that way? Seriously. If you look at this world right now the way it is, do we walk that way? Do we live that way? 
is the system itself of the United States created that way. Is the system itself in your own consciousness, in your mind, created that way? Do you really demonstrate love within yourself? Seriously. My talk today is entitled, Establishing Love as Our Lifestyle. And I toggled between these titles because the title that really got me was when love becomes your lifestyle. So we're going to toggle back and forth with those, those thoughts. So I was looking, I asked God to show me which scriptures. And this one, I kind of, did, it didn't seem like it fit, but when you're going with God, God does things beyond your consciousness, beyond your understanding. So we're going to live and move and breathe and have our being in these scriptures that God gave me to work with today. And I'm going to let God work with me on it because this is going to be pieced together. Let's see what God does. We're coming from John, chapter 17, and this is the gospel according to John, chapter 17, verse 20 to 23 is what I'm going to read. And so verse 20, and this is Jesus praying for his disciples when he was getting close to being arrested. He knew he was going to be arrested, so he starts to pray for his disciples. Do you know that the moment when you realize you're going to leave a person or you're going to leave a situation, you're going to leave a circumstance, the best thing to do, even if you're going to leave a job, and even when I left my ex-husband, I blessed the situation that I prayed for, whether it's a a feeling, I'm not going to say positive and negative because it's always positive. God doesn't waste nothing. Even the things that feel uncomfortable, there's some good in there and God's working with you. Amen? Amen? So when you leave a circumstance, a situation, leave a house because you're moving into another house, leave a job, we're created to pray and bless it. Jesus is praying for his disciples. And so we're in 17, verse 20, John 17, verse 20. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through your, their message. That represents us because we live our life according to the teachings of Jesus. Disciples are those who have disciplined living in the consciousness of the teachings of Christ. That's us, these disciples. Verse 21. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, am I in you. And they may be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. And in verse 22, I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. And then verse 23. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. God, I thank you for loving me so much that you've been working with me to prepare me to be a vessel. I know I'm not the only one in the world that's a vessel of your message but I take it as if I am right now. I ask that you decrease my human experience and open up the Christ in me to speak forth your word unfiltered. Thank you, God. Amen. Isn't it amazing that 2,000 years ago we were prayed for? Isn't that amazing? That 2,000 years ago we were prayed for that those who will live according to the teachings that you brought me to be the expression of and those who will follow those who I've taught are blessed as well. That not only you bless, that you bless them, but you show them how to be one as I am one with you and have walked with them as I was one with them. He must have known what's going to go on like what's going on in 2022 right now in the, in the United States and in the world. There is no oneness and unity if you really look at it. There's parts and pieces of it, but as a whole in the United States, there's no demonstration of complete love. Do you see it? There's decisiveness, 
there's separation, there's superiority, there's, um, let's just be real, racism, there's um, injustice, there's inequality, all of these expressions that demonstrate the opposite of what we're created to be. The expression of love and oneness and unity. To live and treat each other to the consciousness that I know if I do something or say something or dismiss you, I'm dismissing and treating myself the same way because we're one. We're made of the same Christ. All of us are that even Jesus is made of. But how amazing is it that someone takes it on as their assignment, their divine plan, to come down from the experience of, pre of the presence of God and did not consider it robbery to come down from Christ in spirit to be Christ in physical incarnate. To demonstrate to us how to release the consciousness of separation, how to release the consciousness of superiority, how to release faking, to, to, uh, faking it so that you can get over on people, how to release being a hypocrite, how to release all of those things that block us from being the pure consciousness of love that we're created to be. Moving and breathing and having our being in a deep relationship with God and to not just give us two great commandments, love God with all your heart, your mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as, though you, as yourself, but to actually demonstrate it in every area of his life, even to the point of on the cross, up there on the cross, demonstrating love and oneness by saying, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. He was murdered for nothing and forgave those who were killing him. But as he was going through that experience, he superseded even the experience of his body and what was going on in his body, to the point where his spirit was so intense in him, the love of God was so intense, that had his full undivided attention. To the point where when he knew everything was finished, that he was meant to experience, that it would be marked and it would be demonstrated what was told in the Old Testament. That later on, years later, we would interpret it and get the spiritual understanding of it. How he moved from human experience into just spirit. I have seen and heard of people who were wounded and through the woundedness picked up cars or done stuff, broken bones. I remember my brother in a car accident, he had broken, his arm was broken, but because he had this sense of love and that he wanted to save his wife, he was able to yank open her door. His arm was broken and pull her out. Love can make you that strong. I've had people, I've seen Myrtle Fillmore, when she, was, when she got the consciousness, I am a child of God, therefore I do not inherit illness, went and loved every part of her lungs. She was diagnosed with tuberculosis and was told she was going to die and was on the verge of dying. Can you imagine not being able to breathe? Now, I can because I experience asthma, but it is not a good feeling to feel to be suffocating. That's what people have experienced in COVID. Suffocating is pneumonia that took their lives fills up your lungs with fluid and you can't breathe and you suffocate. And she was on that verge, but she loved herself so strongly that it heals. When you live your life as you are one with God, you are living your life establishing love as your lifestyle. And when love becomes your lifestyle, there's nothing, nothing, nothing. Let me say it again. There's no thing that can keep you from it. Because the truth is, nothing can keep you from it except you. We make the choice. Nelson Mandela in jail, sitting there loving folks, invited them to come when he became president. I was listening to, I was watching this, uh, I mean, reading um, 
You know, I find stories about stuff. And there was this um, young man who was in the, the war, uh, which war was it? The American Civil War. His name was Richard Kirkland. And he was a sergeant in North Carolina, in the, a North Carolina regiment. And they were on the battlefield. And there were people, there were so many wounded soldiers, and they were crying out, and some of them were dying and everything. And, and soldiers were walking by, and their hearts were being panged by the compassion of it. But they were too afraid to go out and do anything. And he couldn't take it anymore. And he, he went to his, um, the general, and he said, I can't stand it any longer. He said, and the general said, what's the matter, Sergeant? He said, those poor souls out there have been praying and crying all night and all day, and it's more than I can bear. I ask your permission to go give them water. He just wanted to give them some water, some type of comfort. And the general was like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard, but, I, but he knew the spirit and the love that this sergeant was coming from. Love speaks to love to bring forth love in the situation. And I say Christ, the Christ in you, when you live by the Christ, the Christ in us speaks to the Christ in others to bring forth the Christ in the situation. He took, he was revved up, he had all this water, and he went out on the battlefield giving people water, people crumbled up, fixing their limbs, those who were about dying, giving them look, taking their, their jackets and putting them under their, tucking them under their heads and just tending to them. And the other side saw what he was doing and did not shoot. For an hour and a half, there was no fighting. There was no war. There was an angel out there, an earth angel out there, tending to those who were wounded and giving them water. And some of them were going to die, but they had the comfort of someone who loved them as the last thing that was on their mind when they took their last breath, and nobody shot for an hour and a half, giving them water. What if we, as individuals, came from that kind of love? I, re I read another story of this taxi uh, this cab driver, and he said it was the, um, let me get this right, the cab ride I'll never forget. This guy's name is Ken, Kent Nurborn, uh, and he, he said this was one of the most, he was a cab driver. He drove up late at night at this place, it's a dark little area, no lights on except one light down in the downstairs. And normally, you know, in the neighborhood, you know, he said uh, people would just honk, the cab drivers would honk the horn and then drive off after about a minute or so. But he, know, he knew that a lot of people who he might have picked up were, you know, not as, um, didn't have a lot of money, and, you know, they needed a little bit more time. So he waited, and actually he went, got out the car and went and knocked on the door. A little bit later, he hears something dragging. He hears this weak, feeble voice, just a minute. And she opens the door, it's this small, little 80-year-old la lady, this old, beat-up suitcase beside her. And he helps her to the car. He puts the suitcase in the car. And he asks her, where do you want to go? And she says, well, I'm going to hospice. But can we drive around for a little bit? When he realizes what she said, he turns off his meter. He drives her around. Like this is like maybe, what, 10 o'clock at night or so? He's driving around. He take, he, she's show, showing him places where she lived. She shows him where she met her husband. She showed him where she used to go dancing, the little, what used to be a little auditorium that she used to dance at as a little girl. She shows him all these places. And a couple times she said, well, let's just stop here. And she just sits for a little bit and sits there with this joy on her face, just contemplating and remembering. Then finally, this starts to get sunlight, and she goes, okay, I'm ready. They drive up to the hospice center. The attendants are sitting there waiting. They come out. They tend to her. They're paying attention to her. And he realizes she must really be close because they're making sure she's okay. And when he gets her suitcase out, she's already in the wheelchair. And she goes to, he goes to walk up to her. And she says, thank you so much for giving a little old woman a little joy. And then she goes to open up her wallet. How much do I owe you? He says, nothing. She says, no, you got to make a living for your family. 
He said, I have other passengers. And she takes his hand and he hugs her. She pulls him in, he hugs her. She squeezes his hand and he walks away. He gets in the car. And now he drives for a little bit. He's just sitting there, letting that linger in his mind. What if we lived our life so deeply that the way we bless others lingers in your heart and in your mind for a long time? What if that becomes, that, that becomes such an um, insatiable desire that it becomes our lifestyle of demonstrating love and compassion? One, one of our, um, our, our um, what is it, our mission, our, in our growth affirmation, it says that we um, want to be loving compassionate, spirit-filled. That's part of our mission, isn't it? Or is our, it's our mission. is to be loving, compassionate, spirit-filled. What if we demonstrate that in our life? But you got to start with the two greatest commandments. You got to make God everything. Because then that's the only way you can truly be guided to where the vibration of God lingers in you as love. You are created to be love. When love becomes your lifestyle, that's all you want to do, is demonstrate, be, and live an expression of love. To where it fills your heart with joy to shift the vibration of wherever you are. I challenge us to show up with that. To me, one of the greatest things that's blocking us from being that expression in the United States is the system. The system that was created from hearts that did not know true love, did not know how to express true love. There does not have to be judgment in it. There just needs to be an acceptance and a willingness to change it. And I'm going to be honest with you all. I'm going to be real blatantly honest. I can't do that. And people of my color can't do that. It would take the ones who were the color that created it to do that. But what I can do and people who are black and brown can do is hold those up. And that's what I do. Hold each other up in an expression of love. Because it takes love to demonstrate love to change in the consciousness of love. Does that make sense? And so I thank everyone here with the assumption. Uh, you know, the, the four agreements says don't make an assumption. But I'm going to make an assumption today. I'm going to make an assumption today that every single one in this room, and I'm going to say watching, wants shift and change. I'm going to make an assumption that just as Jesus was comfortable with being uncomfortable so that the world would be comfortable with loving each other, that we are going to move into a consciousness of being comfortable with being uncomfortable so that everybody in this United States will be comfortable walking and living and moving and having our being as a full equity and an equal opportunity to live the divine plan that God has on our lives. Amen? But we have to establish a lifestyle of love. When love becomes everyone's lifestyle, we will shift. It only takes 51% of it. Stay in a consciousness of love. Let demonstrate it no matter what. Let's walk together as the brothers and sisters of God and Christ that we are made to be. Doing and demonstrating and leaving each other's presence and everywhere we go, blessed with the experience of love, that you linger like some perfume, blessing that person's soul. That's my intention, to linger like some perfume that people like, not the kind of stinky. <laughs> I don't want to be a stinky perfume. I don't want to be smoke. <laughs> that triggers asthma. I want to be a perfume that's so sweet in my expression of love, because I've established it in me so deeply that you can't help but know me for the rest of your life. 
because I've tucked myself down in the heart of your love, in your heart. That's what I want. That's what I want. And I challenge each and every one of you to do that with me. Now, I have a bigger challenge, and Donna said it earlier. We have critical conversations in our church every second and fourth Monday of the month. We come together, the black and brown conversation, the white conversation, loving and understanding each other's point of view, each other's perspective. I've heard folks say, well, you know, that's a little difficult for me to get in it. Then you don't really want to be an expression of love. Some people have said that, and it's okay. But when you're ready, and we're going to get there one step at a time, one heart at a time, and I have no judgment. It's like, okay, I see you working, God. They're not ready yet, and it's okay. But I challenge you all, and those of you who are new, all you got to do is go to our website, click on Critical Conversations. It'll bring you right into the Zoom. And it's not age-restricted. Any ages could be there because the conversation, the younger you start with this conversation of teaching love and oneness and unity and understanding, we build up our little ones to be that expression of love in our life. Are you ready to be an expression of love? I am ready to be an ambassador of love. Together, I am ready to be an ambassador of love. I am establishing love as my lifestyle. Together, I am establishing love as my lifestyle. Are we ready to do this together? Yes? Yes? Yes. Amen? Thank you. I'm done.
I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> Nicholas, you are awesome business. The team, can we give the team a hand again? Our music team is awesome business. I love it, I love it, I love it. Let us bring to mind a, a, what you feel led to give for a love offering. Close your eyes and take a deep breath. And let us go ahead and affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Amen. And today is birthday uh, Sunday, so anybody who had birthdays in the month of April, let's give them a hand. <laughs> Peter. And let's go ahead. Can we sing real quick happy birthday? Okay, let's just sing real quick happy birthday. Happy birthday. I don't have the voice that can sing. And many more. <laughs> I know, we're on that. Let's stand up so we can do our prayer for protection together. And know that you can make your donations online, and there will be someone waiting outside our door to receive your donations as well. All righty, so let us go ahead and um, affirm our prayer for protection together. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well. In our peace song. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.